1: I'm the communications coordinator at GoEco. Our mission is to be an advocate for the environment, a centre for learning, and a catalyst for change. This month, you'll be hearing from different members of our team who will tell you about the awesome work they do. This week, we're starting with our predator free community organisers, Karen and Harvey. Karen will take us back 170 million years for the story of New Zealand animals. And then Harvey will tell you about the peka-peka, or long-tailed bat that lives right here in Kirikiriroa, Hamilton. This episode is also a call to action to join the predator-free movement.
2: More about that later in the episode. But first, here's Karen. As New Zealanders, we think Aotearoa is a pretty special place, and it really is unique. But there's actually a reason why it is so special. And for that, we need to know our history, starting back 170 million years ago. Once upon a time, the continents and other land masses, including New Zealand, were all joined together in a supercontinent called Gondwana. About 80 million years ago, New Zealand started separating from Gondwana. It actually took 20 million years for New Zealand to settle where it sits today, isolated and far away down under. But it's because of this early separation from Gondwana that mammals never reached New Zealand, with the exception of three species of bats. This continental drift theory explains the mystery of how the flightless bird family, the ratites, which includes the kiwi and moa, have its closest relatives in continents far away from New Zealand. Birds such as the ostrich and the emu are part of the ratite family too. Once New Zealand had separated, the animals we did have evolved or changed over time. This evolutionary process took millions of years of them change to suit the environment. The native predators New Zealand did have were all aerial hunters. So our native animals changed their behaviours. Becoming nocturnal, freezing when movement overhead was detected, nesting on the ground in burrows or tree cavities, and foraging on the forest floor were all good ways to avoid getting eaten by aerial predators. Physical adaptations also occurred like loss of flight and camouflage and were great ways to increase their survival. Our native animals diversified and filled the roles of mammals in their feeding and behaviour. To reduce competition amongst themselves, Kokaku were poor flyers and glide from tree tops and run along branches like squirrels, eating berries and leaves. Weta are sometimes called invertebrate mice as they're nocturnal and they're also seed dispersers. Moa were like browsers, like sheep. Kiwi have whiskers and have shaggy like hair. Kiwi have whiskers and have shaggy like feathers which are more like badges on the forest floor snuffling and looking around for invertebrates. The long isolated period and subsequent evolution of our natives meant that we have some really unique and quite frankly some pretty weird animals that are found nowhere else in the world. New Zealand has a really high rate of endemic species. Endemic species means they're only found in New Zealand. So yeah, New Zealand's pretty special. 800 years ago, things all changed. The Polynesians kiori rat and dog arrived, and they hunted and started to deplete our native species, bringing the extinction of the moor, and consequently the harst eagle, which fed on the moor. The Europeans came and brought the Norway rat, ship rat, and the real decimation began. When the Europeans settled, they introduced much bigger mammalian predators, like stoats, weasels, ferrets, possums, hedgehogs and cats. These predators all hunted by scent, on the ground and the climb too. The adaptations of our native animals that had evolved camouflage and lack of flight, nocturnal and freezing behaviours, all seemed vastly inadequate against these species. Quite simply, our native species were unequipped and overwhelmed by the sudden influx of predators. Certainly other factors such as hunting, habitat loss and competition from introduced species are also a factor for our natives, but it is widely accepted that the introduction of mammalian predators is the main reason for their drastic decline. We have lots of native predators too, including the falcon, the or ruru, tuatara, and pekapeka or bats. They also suffer at the jaws of the mammalian predators, ending up as prey themselves. They're also directly competing with the much larger mammalian predators for food too. Clearly these native predators are not on our hit list. Although the act of predation, which is catching prey for food, is a natural process, the situation that New Zealand finds itself in with a situ- sudden influx of unfamiliar predators for our native animals to cope with is not natural. Purposeful introductions of predatory species for biological control or the fur trade have had catastrophic consequences. Some of these same predators are also pests, destroying crops damaging property and electrical wiring, keeping people awake at night, spreading disease, contaminating food stores, or just gross to have around. They are direct competitors of food in nesting sites, and being much larger, they are often the victors. We have three species of rat in New Zealand, the kiori or Polynesian, or sometimes even called native rat. This is these rats are found just only in a few places in New Zealand now and aren't really considered too much of a problem because they're outcompeted competed by the other two rats, the ship rat and the Norway rat. The ship rats, sometimes called a roof rat or black rat, really good at climbing. Uh, these are the ones that uh, can climb trees into nests, um, eat the eggs and chicks. Uh, then there's a much larger Norway rat, sometimes called brown rat or sewer rat, These are the ones that like to burrow and will dig into your compost bin. Um, Very good swimmers. So that's the species of rats. Then there's the mustelid family, some more predators. These include the weasel, the ferret and the stoat. They were all brought to New Zealand to control rabbits. Clearly that hasn't worked out so well. Um, But they have found that our native species are much easier to uh, catch than fast-moving rabbits. Weasels are quite small um, and tend to eat things like lizards and insects. There's the much larger ferret that was initially bought here um, to control the rabbits but also to start a fur trade, uh, which didn't work Um, and then so many ferrets were released into the wild. You can't actually have pet ferrets anymore because they're so destructive should they escape. Then there's the stoat, the medium sized mustelid, and this is probably the most prolific of the mustelids found widespread throughout New Zealand. Amazing hunters, just killing machines. They're very good at climbing, at swimming, they're very intelligent. They take on prey much larger than themselves. Possums, most people are familiar with possums, bought from Australia. Just start the fur trade, they do very well in New Zealand. They don't have any natural predators like they do in Australia. The plants we have in New Zealand don't have distasteful chemicals in them to stop possums from gorging themselves like in Australia. Our climate is less harsh. So they've done really well here. They're much larger here. They breed more often here. And because of the size of them, they eat a lot. Then we've got other predators, such as the hedgehog, um, probably more voracious than people think. Um, they've dissected hedgehogs and in the Mackenzie Basin, and one was found to have 283 weta legs in its stomach. That's at least 41 weta. So hedgehogs are actually more of a problem than people think they are, uh, particularly for birds that nest on the ground around the river-braided areas in the Mackenzie Basin, for example. Cats are obviously um, a predator, and it's estimated that only 25% of the kills are brought home to show their owners. Yes, they do eat mice and rats, um, but let's not kid ourselves that they're doing a great job out there. Dogs are also a predator and can be kept well in control by owners, Though there are way too many occurrences of dogs running loose in Northland and killing kiwi. Um, One dog in Kirikiri killed seven kiwi just in one night. So um, they can be a real problem as well. The fact of the matter is that when our native animals don't have any predators contend with, they thrive. And this can really be seen on predator-free islands and also in areas where there's predator-proof fences like Sanctuary Mountain, Mangatauturi. But there aren't enough of those places. And what happens when they leave the safety of that fence? It's time to think much bigger. I remember visiting Kapiti Island about 30 years ago and I was overwhelmed at how noisy it was with birdsong. The bush was really full of movement and activity and I didn't know where to look, it was that busy. And I thought to myself then, this is what New Zealand used to be like before people arrived. You walk in the forest now, and you're desperately looking and listening for the sound of any bird you can find. Um, And it's usually pretty disappointing. When people hear the term predator control, they think it's all about killing. But when you think about it, it's really about saving our native animals. Predator control can be lots of different things. It can be using toxins like bait stations and aerial drops. It can be shooting. It can be trapping. Um, It can be live trapping or kill traps. Um, A lot of predator-free groups um, about just the trapping. The predator-free movement has come about because of the realisation that everybody needs to get involved in the mammoth task of predator control. We can't just rely on understaffed and underfunded government departments to undertake this job. It's a case of every single person taking ownership and making a difference before we lose any more of our precious species. There's lots of predator groups that have started up around New Zealand. We're lucky in the Waikato that we have Predator Free Hamilton, we have Predator Free Cambridge, we have Predator Free Mystery Creek, and there are soon to be more and although all the groups vary in how they operate, they're generally non-profit organisations that are community-driven with volunteers undertaking the work. But they all share the same goal, reduce predators to increase biodiversity.
0: I wake up at my breakfast in the mirror. Take a selfie, tell the world. I woke up like this. I put my shoes on, decked out to the Iwa I look out. I hope the world is ready for this I'm walking down the street A few people stop and stare. I don't mind It's a burden of being beautiful Don't be jealous anyway You'll never get here By the way, did you see me? I, I'm so sweet, sweet Oh, look at my feathers I, I fluff my t- my tail up, give me some credit I'm the man, I'm the man I'm the man He's the man, he's the man, he's the man I always bring my guns carves and my buns check out these assets i take a selfie here a selfie anyway i wanna that food looks nice looks like big price labels fables playing with marbles i'm just too cold this filter makes me look good or is it just a filter for my life my cousins keep telling Tell up give me some credit I'm the man I'm the man I'm the man He's the man he's the man he's the man yes I'm the man I'm the man I'm the man he's the man he's the man he's the man said I'm the man I'm the man I'm the man he's the man he's the man Your shades on my light is brighter. He's sweet, sweet, oh, look at his feathers. He fluffs his tail up, give him some credit. He's the man, he's the man, yes. he's the man. the man. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. I'm sweet, sweet, oh, look at my feathers. I fluff my tail, up, give me some cricket.
3: Kia ora, my name is Harvey Orton and I work at Goeco as coordinator of Project Echo and Predator Free Hamilton and I also work in a number of other Predator Free projects around the region. You just heard Karen talk about the history of New Zealand animals. I'm here to talk about the unique species that live in Kirikiri Roa, Hamilton, one of which is my favorite animal, the long-tailed bat. Or peka, peka There are two species of peka-peka in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, that makes two of 1,400 worldwide. Bats are the most abundant spe- mam- mammals in the world, except for rodents. And they live in every corner of the world. Unfortunately, most of them are vulnerable or endangered. And one of the biggest things that put them at risk is deforestation. The other is hunting, but also development, which is key to Kirikiruroa Hamilton as well. The bat in Kirikiruroa Hamilton is a Pekka peka touro. It's the long-tailed bat. It's about the size of an adult human thumb, and then its wings spread out from its body. It comes out at night, as with all other bats, and eats insects and eats a heck of a lot of insects one bat can eat hundreds of mosquitoes or bugs or moths every night so if you don't like bugs you probably love bats the other fact is that hamilton is arguably unique in that it's an inland city that has a population of peka peka which returns and lives within the city every year there are parks and gullies around the city that have big old trees, big old Kakikatia, Totara, exotic pines. Unfortunately, bats do live in exotic pines as well. And in those trees, bats find all the crevices and the knot holes and the broken parts of the bark to climb up and roost in the tree. They're very small, but they roost in groups mostly and Although the groups are small, sometimes if you're lucky enough to see them, you can see bats drop out of the tree in Hamilton gullies and parks. During the breeding season, the females roost together and the males are kind of left out. They're on their own. It's what's known as maternity roosting. And when the bats give birth to their one pup a year, the females and the pups will roost in the same place, and these are called maternity roosts. Females will carry around their pups for up to three months before the pup's ready to fly on its own, and sometimes it will leave it in the roost, but often it will actually carry it around while it's flying. So these animals are super, super cool. They're hard to see, but they are in the city, and they do use the river and the gully systems, so it's really important that we look after those and we restore native plants in those, but also protect big old trees. Like I said, sometimes Pekka Pekka roost in pine trees, so not all exotic trees are bad for bats. The other great thing about Pekka, Pekka which gives us some hope, is that they seem to be able to just about survive in fragmented landscapes. That means they don't need ma- that many trees, they don't need that many areas of big old trees to roost to survive and that means in the Waikato, which has been largely cleared for dairy and other farming, Pekka peka can still survive. That isn't the case for the other native species of bat which isn't in Hamilton but is really cool which is the closest place it lives is Puduora Forest and it's called the Lesser Short-Tailed Bat. It spends 30% of its time scurrying around on the ground and it Pollinates a rare native plant called the dactylantis or parasitic wood rose. And so that's another cool bat that people can look at, look for and, um, learn about. But in Kirikiriroa, we have one species of bat and it's well worth protecting. So how do we protect the bats? Um, one of the big things we have to do is predator control, which is the obvious one and is the other part of my job. So one of the big things is that rats love to roost in trees. Ship rats or roof rats or ratus rattus, as it's known in Latin, love to roost in trees. And they love to roost in the same kind of trees and in the same area of trees as Pekka peka. They will also eat Pekka Pekka. The other animal that's the obvious predator that we can think about is the stoat. Um, Now, in in the city, there might not be so many of those because stoats don't seem to like urban areas as much as rural ones, but they're around and about and they can climb up a roost into a crevice of a tree into a roost and decimate the roost. And they will often kill more animals than they eat. And there's one final animal that needs discussing in terms of bats, and that's cats, particularly feral cats. Um... Feral cats will climb up roosts and have been known to decimate roosts as well. This is important for Kitty Kitty Royal Hamilton because a recent development, peacocks, as people are probably well aware of, is going in in the south of the city. And if you look at a map of where bats are in Kitty Kitty Royal Hamilton, they're mostly in the south of the city, in that area between um, Hamilton Gardens and Hillcrest and peacocks. So... How do we take account for a development that is going to encroach on Pekka Pekka Habitat? Well, one of the things that the developers have had to do and the council have had to do is ban cats in that development. Now, how successful that will be, no one knows. But the idea is that if you ban cats from homeowners from having cats in the area, at least you're getting rid of the ones locally, even if a few or some go in from outside. The other thing we need to do in the city is protect our gullies and our big trees. If we chop down every big tree in the city, then there'll be nowhere for bats to live. We do put bat boxes up with steel rings underneath and above them. You might see them in your walks through parks. Bat boxes are useful, and peca Pecker do use them, but it's like making people live in hot- motels rather than having cheap, affordable housing. There's... It's a temporary solution. It's not what Pecka Pecka evolved to do. It's not what they're going to want to do. So um, we want to protect those big old trees. And the final thing anyone can do is put a rat trap in their back garden, in their neighbor neighboring park. They can talk to Go Eco and Predators Free Hamilton, and they can put traps in the neighboring parks, in their back gardens, in the gullies. They can keep a track of how many birds and um, skinks and other animals are around because if you protect other animals, you're also protecting bats. And just by trapping a few predators, you're giving bats a much better chance. But yeah, so Kirikita Royal Hamilton is home to a enigmatic bat species and it's native to New Zealand. It's nowhere else in the world. It's a precious species and it's worth worth protecting. And so multiple predator-free projects have sprung up as a result of bats. And in Morrinsville, the predator-free project has sprung up in recent times, principally because of one person's interest in bats. And in Alawahia, here, there are people interested in protecting bats. And the last fact, which I will end on, is that we have to remember that bats are mammals, which means they're in the same group of animals as humans. And they're also the only group of animals that can fly. So they are better than us in that way. And we should remember that and protect them.
1: That was Harvey, the Predator Free Hamilton Community Organiser and Project Eco Coordinator. And before that, Karen, Community Organiser for Predator Free Cambridge, Mystery Creek and the Bush to Burbs Projects. The call to action today is to encourage you to learn more about the Predator Free Movement and to get involved by trapping in your backyard. Head to shop.com www.goeco.org.nz or find GoEco on social media to find out how Join us again next week Joe and Anna are back to talk about food security and sovereignty in the wakato Ka kite